0: Welcome to the Successfully Unemployed Show. My name is Dustin Heiner, and I'm here to help you learn how to quit that J-O-B that just over broke job by investing in real estate so you never ever have to work a job again. Today we're going to be talking about the best time ever to invest in real estate it is literally happening. It's starting now and we're seeing it with these banks crashing, we're seeing with the market going down, the real estate market going down, stocks just literally going bad, but this is going to be the best time for us as investors and I'm going to show you how in today's show. All right, let's do this. <music> Hey, what's going on? I am so glad, as always, to have you here on the show with me. Now, I'm so pumped that this podcast is actually reaching so many people. So if you get anything out of the show, I would appreciate it if you just gave it to one person. Just give it to one person and say, hey, check out the Successful Unemployed show. He's trying to help people. In fact, he's trying to help one million people become financially independent by investing in real estate or starting businesses or anything like that. That's literally my new goal in life. And you know what's interesting? With my new goal in life, my first goal was to quit my job in 10 years. And that's what I love to teach and coach and do everything was literally showing people how they can really just be financially independent. That's really what it comes down to. And you know what's funny? People would say, or I would tell people, you know, I quit my job, and I don't need a job again. And they would say, What do you mean? You're retired? I say, I guess I if you can call it retired. And they would say, well, what do you do with the rest of your life? And basically insinuating that, you know, when you retire, you literally just sit around and do nothing and, you know, maybe go fishing, maybe go to the gym, maybe go for walks, whatever it might be. Well, that's not me. I like the term successfully unemployed. And that's what I want for you guys to be financially dependent so you can become successfully unemployed or be able to work wherever you want. Let's say you still love your job. Well, that is fantastic. Let's get you so that you can choose to work whenever you want and then not have to worry about recessions, depressions, economies crashing, which is what we're gonna be talking about today. And most of you know my story that back in 2000 and I think 10-ish, I lost my job. I was let go from my job and that's what really woke me up to realize that it's more risky to work for somebody else basically putting my life my livelihood and my ability to feed my family in somebody else's hands where my job can be taken away from me well mine did and that's what got me to start investing in real estate that's really what got me to really just tell myself I'm an investor and start investing Because when I got laid off, I was so worried about not being able to feed my family. I was really blessed, praise the Lord, to find another job at another department in the same county, which was a blessing because I was able to feed my family. But right then and there, I realized that my job is so much more risky than investing in real estate, putting my livelihood into my own hands where I literally have all the control. And I want you to realize this as well, that your livelihood, putting it in somebody else's hands, you're basically giving somebody control over your life and you need to realize this you are worth so much more than you can ever be paid by anyone the value that you have inherently in yourself is so much greater than anybody could ever pay you and this is how you'll know your boss is only paying you just enough to keep you working without quitting but not so much money that takes money out of their pocket. If they did pay you for what you're worth, they'd probably go broke. But instead, if you actively started working to where you were financially independent, you got your life back. And imagine if you became successfully unemployed, having 40 plus hours of your life back so you're not working for somebody else, you can create businesses, you can help the poor, you can serve the community, you can spend time with your family, you can pick up that hobby like Literally do whatever you want with your life because you're not held down by that. I love to call it a dead end job, that just over broke job is not holding you back anymore. You don't have to talk to your boss about, Oh, boss, can I take this one week vacation? and them possibly saying no that you can't take that vacation. How horrible would that be if you couldn't do that? Well, instead, if you had your life back now. I am looking at the economy and what is going on right now, and I'm remembering back in 2006 when I first started investing. This is eerily similar to back in 2006, 2007, and 2008. Now, if you remember back in 2020, we had interest rates go really, really low. We had COVID and everything, and then people started buying properties, and we saw for the next two years, prices of everything go up, skyrocketing in Phoenix, Arizona alone. Year over year, the price rose fifty percent. Like a house that was should be selling for two hundred thousand is now selling for five hundred thousand, a three bedroom, two bath, and this is a desert. This is a regular house. Nobody pays that much, but because interest was so low and there's a lot of people wanting to buy properties or you know, move, maybe move out of the city or whatever it might be, but that really made everything skyrocket in prices. But the biggest thing was interest rates were so Low now, what we're seeing with the banks crashing, what we're seeing with the economies and you know going downhill, the real estate market going downhill, stocks are literally taking a tumble. Companies are laying off lots and lots of people, like Meta or Facebook, they're laying off like 10 or 20,000 employees. Google, they're doing the same thing. Twitter, they've done the same thing. LinkedIn, like all these big companies, Amazon, they're literally. Cutting their workforce because they see a lot of bad stuff coming in the economy. On top of that, we're seeing banks fail. We had Silicon Valley Bank literally just fail. Regulators came in, stepped in, and said, We're freezing everything, which, oh my goodness. Now, if you have all your money tied up in a bank as opposed to properties where they make you money every single month, where money can keep coming in. And when it's tied up in a bank, you literally do not have access to it if it goes down, if it crashes. Now, why did Silicon Valley Bank actually collapse? Like, why did the regulators go in there and actually stop them? Well, it's interesting to see that Silicon Valley Bank was actually, I mean, they had almost half of the country's venture capital-backed technology and companies with them. And venture capital firms, venture capital would be companies that they invest money into businesses, hopefully they get to be big and then sell off the company and then they make money when they sell the company. Think of uh, Mr. Wonderful on uh, shark tank. He loves investing in companies, sell, you know, building them up and then selling them and making money. Kevin O'Leary, that's his name. And here is Kevin O'Leary actually talking about what happened and who he blames as the reason for the SVB bank collapse.
2: The reason this bank went to zero is a very old fashioned reason, poor management. The management here bet billions of dollars when the, we had historically low rates basically sitting under 2%. They bought long paper. And then all of a sudden, when the Fed jacked up the rates, their cost of borrowing was 4%. They were losing the spread. They were losing 30%. So they bought in all their old debt, lost $2 billion, assumed they can go to the market to raise it, got a lead order from General Atlantic for half a billion. That's not enough. They were in a quiet period. They're not allowed to talk about it. And every one of our companies was pulling out cash by the millions. And they couldn't even make a comment because they are in a quiet period. At some point, you have to point a finger at somebody and I blame the board and I blame the management that this bank is a zero.
0: So that's what they were, the bank, Had a lot of venture capital firms. They had a lot of big tech companies with them. And for a long time, Silicon Valley Bank did what most banks do. You know, they kept a portion of the deposits of their people's money inside of cash as cash. What the regulations would actually have them basically the government says if you're a bank, you have to have this much money in actual cash, you know, on your books, not lending it out, making money on it, but you have to have this much. They would get long term debt. They'd also buy treasury bonds. And mortgage-backed securities basically, you know, buying mortgages and having, you know, interest from that. And what happened in 2021, the Silicon Valley Bank, they actually got a lot more cash deposited from COVID and all these bailouts and, you know, all the money that the PPP loan, I think is what it was. The total deposits for Silicon Valley Bank went from $62 billion, that's a lot of money, billion dollars, to $124 billion that's how much money they actually brought in or you know, they had from other people, like all the people's money. Now, even though that sounds like a good thing, which it is a good thing, but there's also some drawbacks. Now, they have all that money. They then need to figure out a way to lend it so that they can make money in return. Now, they also increase their amount of buying of treasury bonds. So what they did was, with all this new cash that came in, they made a decision to purchase 80 plus billion dollars in mortgage-backed securities and treasuries, leaving relatively like no, they call it liquidity. But they didn't have very much money in their bank. Imagine, let's say for you as a person, let's say you have $10,000 in your bank account for, you know, you have your rent coming up or your mortgage, you have to pay for food, money comes in, money goes out. Well, that $10,000 is basically that money that is utilized for future expenses. Well, in general, let's say you took eight thousand dollars and you only had two thousand dollars left but you had that eight thousand dollars and you put it in bought treasuries or mortgage-backed securities like this bank did you basically try to use it to invest but then you only had two thousand dollars left over for your your mortgage for your yeah, let's say repairs or whatever it might be well you have so little cash you don't you're not liquid enough you don't have enough money to be able to give out to for all these problems that could potentially come now also there was a A regulatory, basically a law that was enacted, the Dodd-Frank Act, and that was put in place in 2008 for, like, after the crash of 2008, they made this Dodd-Frank Act to protect from this type of thing happening again, but in 2018, man, our government... Again, uh, 2018, they deregulated this bill, like basically took out some of those provisions and removed some of the stress testing or the liquidity that they needed to have. So Silicon Valley Bank was able to, or not able like the government allowed them to then invest in invest, but they basically have treasuries and mortgage-backed securities that made them less liquid. They didn't have enough money. As interest rates went up, those investments quickly started losing value. And they weren't making nearly as much. And normally, that really wouldn't be an issue. Banks usually could just wait for those bonds to mature and get that money back. And as interest rates were rising, deposits stopped coming in. They slowed down so much. And clients, their people that put their money in there, in the bank, they started withdrawing their money. And that put Silicon Valley Bank in a much tighter cash crunch. They were less liquid. And as a result, they had $21 billion of securities And they sold them for a $1.8 billion loss. Basically, they ran their business very horribly. They lost $1.8 billion, and then now they're having to go under. Then, because of this, there was a loss, and the people that had their money in the bank, they panicked. And they started going to the bank and started removing their money And stock prices started coming down. Obviously, stock prices came down because they lost $1.8 billion. And all these turmoils from the stock market going down, from their losses, these people that had all their money in the bank started pulling them out because they saw Silicon Valley Bank not doing very well. And so the bank wasn't able to actually give all that money, they didn't have the cash in order to give it to the people that wanted it back, that's when the regulators came in and stepped in and closed down the bank. They said, no more. We're not gonna let you do this because you're too big to fail, I guess. But they stopped them and they stopped the stock from trading. They stopped everything. And now at the end of 2022, Silicon Valley Bank was the 16th largest bank in the United States with $209 billion in assets. Well, I say assets, is basically their customers money that they had. And that does sound like a whole lot, but it's actually only 1% of all banking assets in the United States. And it's such a small amount, but still, it's actively making people worried about their money. And for all the banks in the United States, it's actually crazy about how much of the money is actually unrealized losses, just like the Silicon Valley Bank. Banks in the United States hold over 600 Billion dollars in unrealized losses. What that means is just like Silicon Valley Bank, they started buying back the paper, just like Kevin O'Leary said. They basically tried to, you know, they were taking a loss, but with the interest rates, everything that's going on, all these other banks are in the same boat. There's over 600 billion dollars in unrealized losses from these banks. And if you're looking at what's going to possibly happen, it could be that similar things happen to more banks, but at the same time, We're having the government bail them out, which is even worse because they're just exacerbating the problem. If you think back at the Great Depression, when there was a run on the bank, in fact, that Christmas movie, It's a Wonderful Life. Well, there was a run on the banks, and all the people went to the bank to actively pull out their money. Big crowds of people, and the main character, the actor, said, Well, it's not here. The money's not here. It's in your house, Joe, and it's in your backyard because we fixed this. It's bad acting, (laughs) but... What he was basically saying is, you lent us your money. Like you gave us your money, and we lent it out to other people. So we made money on that. We gave you a good return. We made some money on top of that, but we don't have the cash literally here. Same thing with the Silicon Valley Bank. All that money was out of their bank in other quote-unquote investments, and they did not have money to satisfy all the people that wanted their money back. And another thing is that we're also looking at what other banks could potentially go under, which other banks are not liquid enough. I remember Bear Stearns and Lehman Brothers going under because they gave bad loans. They didn't have the money. Well, they gave bad loans. People weren't paying those off, and they were losing money. Same thing with Silicon Valley Bank. So these things are going to, it seems like happening all over again because banks, they don't learn their lesson. They don't really run their business well. And sadly, the government's going to give them our tax dollars to bail them out. But with this economy turmoil, we're now seeing banks going to start going under more frequently. And this was the start of the 2008 collapse. And after Bear Stearns and Lehman's collapse, that started a fantastic time to invest in real estate. And I want to pause for a quick second and share that honestly, I really want you to invest in real estate. My new goal in my life, my first goal was to quit my job in 10 years, and I did that, accomplished that 37. Now, my new goal is to help one million people invest in real estate. So, two things I would ask from you. Number one. If you get anything out of this episode, please share it with somebody else. Just say, hey, you know, check out Dustin and Master Passive Income. He really wants to help a million people to invest in real estate. That's number one. Number two, I want to get you to invest in real estate. Get my real estate investing course absolutely for free. Text the word rental, R-E-N-T-A-L to 33777 rental to 33777. I'll literally give you my course, show you how to find the area of the country to invest, how to build the business first. You know, I always talk about that and how to find the right properties, how to make sure you're getting experts to do the work for you and scale the business to where you're making $250 or more in passive income, scale it to quit your job. I'll literally get to you or go to masterpassiveincome.com forward slash free course. Obviously it'll be in the description, but I really, really want you to invest in real estate because the more that, actual normal everyday people own real estate that are good landlords, the better everybody's life gets. Same thing with now. We're seeing all these banks crash. We're seeing people being laid off from their jobs. We've seen inflation. We see a lot of bad stuff, but this is the best time ever to start investing in real estate. Now, What I'm seeing and then the similarities when I said it was eerily similar to 2006, 2007, and 2008, I remember back in 2008, I was just getting started investing in 2006 and I couldn't buy enough properties. I didn't have the money to buy the properties. I was living in California at the time. Prices were so high, rents were low. And then I started investing in Ohio. Ohio was fantastic for me. And I bought for passive income. Now, the really interesting thing was, in the crash of 2008, I didn't really know what I was doing, but I wanted passive income before the crash happened. But during and after the crash, you had so many people go bankrupt, people that thought they were investors, or maybe they were investors, but they went bankrupt because they were investing for appreciation. They were basically speculating or guessing and hoping for that price to go up. I didn't do that. Not me. I didn't do that. What I did instead was I invested for passive income because I wanted cash flow every single month so that I can feed my family. And as I was doing that, I actually was able to, I guess, mitigate these problems of the banks crashing and the economy going down, the real estate market crashing because I was solely investing for passive income. And I'm gonna be walking you through how to protect yourself, how to get ready for all this, and hopefully you're already getting ready. And with this, Being the best time ever to invest in real estate, you need to get around the right people that are going to help you and be with you, the right contacts, the right property managers, the right mortgage brokers, the right everything. You're going to want to be at my conference, the Real Estate Wealth Builders Conference. I literally created it for... That I thought of as I was creating this conference because I thought, man, back in 2006 when I first started investing, I wish there was something where I can gather with other people, find great contacts or great companies to work with, and find great mentors to be around and see all the other ways to invest in real estate. I thought in 2006, that would have been great to have. Now, I can provide that for you. I'm creating this literally for you so that you can become a fantastic investor. If you go to rubecon.com, use that promo code podcast. And every year, we're gonna have, this is an annual conference. Even when the market is crashing and tanking, it's gonna go between the East and West Coast and sometime in Central. And because I wanna go where everybody is, use that promo code podcast and get 10% off. But this is your ticket to absolutely become a fantastic, phenomenal investor. This is a no-sales pitch conference. It's literally all about you so that you can become a better real estate investor. I'm building a community, and you need to be a part of it because this is now going to be the best time ever to invest in real estate. More than likely, you've been listening to my podcast week in and week out. I have been literally saying this for like two years, like especially when COVID happened. I'm thinking, man, it's gonna happen. Guys, be ready. And when I say about being ready, you want to have the knowledge, you know, the education, mentors, people around you. You want to have the business built. You already want to be investing. You want to have make sure you have the money ready to invest so that you are able to invest when the best time ever comes. Now, on top of all this, what I'm seeing is in back in 2008, when the crash happened back then, if you can look up, if you weren't really paying attention back then, but look up these two different names, Bear Stearns and Lehman Brothers. Look up those two different they're basically banks that went under. They went under because of a lot of different things, that were giving out bad loans and all that sort of stuff, but they went under. And that was literally the start of the crash in 2008 in 2009 and 2010. And with that 2010 was amazing time to invest in real estate because every single person in the world was saying do not invest in real estate it is the worst thing ever do not invest in real estate well i'm an investor you're an investor when we hear people telling us now is the only time to buy that's when we sell when everybody is telling us now is the only time to sell we start buying we are Different than the, I would say, 90% of the population who they are the ones that are the homeowners. They're the ones that speculate. They're the ones that really don't know what they're doing, but not us. What we do is we invest for passive income, cash flow every single month. And when Bear Stearns and Lehman Brothers started crashing, we saw the economy go downhill. Now, I've been saying this for many, many years. We are gonna see the best time ever to invest in real estate coming up here very, very quickly, and it's actually happening. Like, I'm definitely not a prophet. I'm just looking back at the history of what has happened, what I've experienced, and I'm listening to awesome real estate investors or stock market people, you know, people that invest in stock markets, um, and economists and everything, listening to them and seeing what they're saying about the economy. A really awesome guy. Like, if you look up, the name Jim Rogers, and Jim Rogers is a very amazing, I mean, he invests in stocks, he's really, really amazing, but he sees history, and he's been saying for many, many years, the biggest crash ever in the history of the world is going to be coming, or at least United States, when I say world, I mean, I spoke out of turn, United States, because we have so much debt here in America, it is literally, what, trillions, like 20, 30 children, I don't even know what it is now. It's so it's trillions of dollars, and they're printing money. The government is now gonna be bailing out these banks. They're taking our tax dollars and giving them to these banks. Now, I could think they keep saying that those banks or companies are too big to fail. What about my company? Is my company too big to fail? I think it is. For my family, it's too big to fail. Your company's too big to fail, and now the government is actually bailing out these banks just like they did back in 2008. They did the exact same thing, but what's gonna happen is It's. I don't think it's going to work this time. This time they bailed everybody out. They started printing money, but we have so much money printed up that it's actually devalued our dollars so much that that's why we have inflation. So we have a number of things going on right now in the economy. Number one, we have interest rates rising, but the interest rates were rising because of the other thing, because of inflation. Now, the Federal Reserve, and there's nothing federal, there's nothing government about this. It's actually just a bunch of banks that get together to take money from Americans, it seems like, because all of their money goes to the bank. If you think about a transaction, a quick thought on the banks. If you think about a transaction, you go to a business and then use your credit card. Well, if you buy something for $50, well, that business is charging $50. Well, let's say 2.9% of that goes to the bank. So that, let's say that company only gets maybe $47 of that. And then that company takes that $47 and then buys something else with a credit card. And then that credit card company takes another 3% or 2.9%. Now that same $47 is only $44. Money just keeps going to banks. Now, what I personally love to do is I love to pay with cash because that $50 is going to, especially a a local mom and pop store, you know, they're having to pay credit card fees, but that $50 is literally their $50. Now, on top of all this, what we're seeing, what happened with Silicon Valley Bank, what we're seeing with Signature Bank as well has been stopped by the regulators for an entire week now. We haven't been able to trade that stock. I actually own stock in Signature Bank for some silly reason. I thought it was going to go back up but apparently it got frozen, which is a bummer, but I didn't have a lot of my portfolio in there. Now with that, more banks will start to fail. And here's what you're gonna see. Inflation is trying to be stopped by the Federal Reserve with interest rates. With interest rates, they're trying to raise interest rates so that inflation gets stopped or stalled or come back down. On top of that, the downside about inflation and interest rates, when interest rates go up, That means people don't have enough money to buy homes. They don't have enough money to buy a car, like that monthly mortgage payment. Most people only have, let's say, $1,800 a month to pay for a mortgage or pay for rent. And with that such low interest rates of, let's say, 2.5%, 3%, that $1,800 a month can buy a $400,000 house. It actually can. But when that interest rate is 7%, that $1,800 doesn't go very far anymore. That's only at most a $250,000 house. So those $400,000 house in the desert here in Phoenix, the you know three bedroom, two bath, 1,200, 1,500 square feet, those are now sitting on the market for so much longer. So every interest rate point that the interest rate goes up in a mortgage, that decreases the spending power of the home buyer by 10%. So it just drops dramatically. So what you're gonna see, more banks failing because of interest rates going up. And then more banks failing is going to actually cause the economy to start having turmoil. But those interest rates going up makes it so people cannot buy the properties that they want to buy. And in this market being the greatest time for us, As investors, here's what you need to do if you're going to be a real estate investor, especially if you're working a job. Let's say the economy crashes again and then your employer cannot afford to pay you anymore. Well, then they let you go and you have to find another job. How much better would it be if you had income coming in, whether you worked or Not now, hopefully, and a lot of people that listen to the show, you have one, two, or three properties. I love to help you scale your business as well. And remember, if you're a mom and pop investor, having one or two, maybe three, four properties, you might not be doing it the right way. The right way is building a business so that the business owns the inventory, the properties that you own. See. All the people, all the companies and hotels that went under, all the investors that went under back in 2008, I want you to not follow what happened to them. So what's happening now is that people have, just like in 2008, We're investing for appreciation. And honestly, appreciation is fantastic. I love being able to refinance, pull the cash back out, and buy more properties when the value of the home goes up because of appreciation. But I don't bank on that. I bank on passive income every single month. And if you think about it, one property that makes you $250 a month in passive income, that $250 a month in passive income is $3,000 a year. 10 properties is $2,500 a month, $30,000 a year without working. 20 properties is $5,000 a month, $60,000 a year in passive income. Now, if you started going down that route of scaling your business, first you build the business and then you scale the business, eventually you have enough properties where all that money coming in replaces your income. You're going to weather the storm of the next economic crash. This is why I keep saying, right now is the absolute best time to start investing in real estate because we're on the, I guess, the the cusp of the edge of where it's gonna be a huge wave, a tidal wave of people saying, it's gonna be the worst time ever to invest in real estate. It's gonna be the worst time ever for the economy. In fact, all the stocks that I invest in, I started shorting stocks and I'm making a ton of money because the stock market's coming down. But what this is good news for us, you should be hearing this As a real estate investor, you should be hearing when people, they're all saying, do not buy real estate. It's the worst time ever. You should be thinking opposite of what the trend is or what the majority of the population is saying. If you're hearing the news or when you're hearing the news say, never buy real estate, that is the time that you buy real estate. When the news and the population and, you know, coworkers are saying it's the best time ever to buy real estate, you better buy before you never will be able to again, because prices are going up. That's the time that you do not buy. Now here, you're gonna hear me over and over again, these next, probably next couple years, showing you that this is the best time ever. Now, on top of all of this, I want you to be protected from these, uh, well, the, the new type of investing is a short-term rental property, like Airbnb, VRBO. So that is a new way to invest in essentially for like the last 15 years, probably before that, there wasn't very much people just went to hotels. Now, I remember back in 2008, when the crash happened, hotels were going out of business, like it was really, really bad for hotels, because people didn't have money to go on vacation. I want you to be thinking about short term properties as a, I suggest a small portfolio of your business, if your business is all short term properties, It might be great, but I am kind of worried. I personally like 20% of my portfolio in short term and then 80% of my portfolio, my inventory, the properties I have in long term because long term, I know without a shadow of a doubt, I'm gonna be making money every single month because people need a place to live. Not a place to vacation, but a place to live. And so there is a few people that have come on recently saying that they're gurus on the short-term rentals and what they do is say, man, I already have two properties, I'm making ten thousand dollars a month from these two properties are in vegas or they're in hawaii whatever it might be and i can show you how to do short-term properties and you know just give you two properties and you're gonna be you know be able to be successfully employed. in my opinion with the way the economy is coming i'm actually very concerned about those people who do that the short-term properties because like i said back in 2010 where the bottom of the market my goodness People were losing their homes and nobody was vacationing. The last thing you want is to have an investment property, put all that money into and then have to lose it because you're not making any money on it. Now, I suggest absolutely you have a portfolio. And this is the big thing about investing in real estate is that there are lots of ways to invest in real estate. You need to figure out what's right for you. My suggestion, long-term buy and hold. We don't flip properties. We don't wholesale properties. We want to buy and hold those for long-term. On top of that, we love creating long-term tenants where they're paying us every single month. Now, here's the thing on top of that. We love midterm and short-term as well. They're just different types of tenants. Now, we just have to figure out how that fits into our business model, all these different types of rental properties. And what I'm also seeing is with these rising interest rates, Prices are going to drop dramatically in the real estate investing market. That's why I'm saying this is going to be the best time ever to invest in real estate. Imagine you went to the store one day and you bought a gallon of ice cream and you put grab that gallon of ice cream and it's like it's normally five dollars you put it on the counter and it's five dollars and great. OK, I paid five dollars kind of expensive, but OK, five dollars. The next day, you go back and you see that same gallon of ice cream for two dollars and fifty cents. You're like, man, I know I would normally pay five dollars for it. It's two fifty now, man. It's a deal. Or think about this: this actually really hits home for everybody. You go to the gas station and you're paying five dollars a gallon. In the last, you know, two years, it's already been five dollars a gallon. And then let's say two days later, you go back and it's $2.50 a gallon. Like, oh my goodness, this is a steal. Let me fill up every car now. Let me get all these trips out of the way because it's normally $5. Now it's lower. And so think about that with real estate investing. The properties that are gonna be coming on the market for us as investors, things are gonna be literally pennies on the dollar or at least half off. Now, what's interesting, as these prices come down, you're going to be able to buy these properties for so much cheaper because the interest rates are so high. Our competition is literally priced out of the market. And who are our competition? Homeowners. Homeowners are priced out of the competition. Big companies like BlackRock that are buying up all these, and Zillow, they were buying them up, and all that Red Door, no, Open Door, or something like that. They're going out of the home buying business because it's just not working for them because they're not doing it right. They're overpaying. But what we do is we buy it for less than it's worth. And it's going to be the best time homes are going to be half the price of what they were like literally right now. They're more than likely going to come down in half. Now you also might be thinking, well, Dustin, should I wait to buy real estate? Like I'm saying absolutely not. And there's a saying that you need to remember when is the best time to plant a tree Well, it was 20 years ago. The next best time is literally today, just like investing in real estate. I don't want you to be thinking, let's say 20 years from now, man, I was listening to that podcast, that Dustin guy, you know, he was talking about investing in real estate. I wish I would have done that. It was the best time ever. 2024 was the best time ever to buy real estate and 25 was great. I just never did. I never got started and I was way late to the game. You don't want to be that person 20 years from now thinking, I wish I would have done that. You want to be 20 years from now thinking, I am so blessed that I actually did start investing back 20 years ago because look at me now. I'm successfully unemployed. And on top of that, we are investors. You might be thinking, well, if I buy a house now, it's just going to cut in half. Well, here's the thing. We have no clue if it's going to go down. We think it is. It seems like it's going to crash. But let's say the government starts printing money all over again, like Trillions and trillions of dollars and the market goes right back up. We have no clue. But what we do know is that we can buy a house that has a fixed amount of expenses because we get 30 year fixed loan, property management's fairly fixed, taxes, insurance, those are all fairly fixed, but we can also rent it for more. So as long as we buy it cheap enough, keeps our expenses down, and then we buy it so that it rents for more. And my suggestion is $250 a month in passive income. If you do that, then it doesn't matter if the value goes down you're still gonna make money. In 10 years from now, you're gonna be thinking, oh my goodness, I'm so glad I bought it back then when I thought it was high, now it's even higher. In fact, those homes that I bought back in 2006, I still own those homes, and they're double, if not triple, how much I bought them for. And just realize this saying, put it in your brain, you do not wait to buy real estate. You buy real estate and then wait. That's what you do as a real estate investor, because over time, like time is your best Friend in real estate because over time rents go up, values go up, markets go up, and you're going to be making money and you can give these properties to your kids. Now, I absolutely want you to come to my conference. Like I said, use the promo code podcast. I will literally give you 10% off of the Real Estate Wealth Builders Conference. I have 40 plus of my friends, expert investors. We're all bringing our audiences together. To help each other out. It's gonna be in Phoenix, Arizona. And every year it's gonna be back and forth on the East and West Coast. So go to rubecon.com and I'll still always have the promo code podcast to give you 10% off your ticket. I wanna see you invest in real estate, and the RubeCon conference is gonna be the best thing for you because your mind's gonna explode at all the opportunities and you're gonna see what we are seeing, how investing in real estate is going to be the best thing for you. And with all the bad stuff going on in the world, you need to have a consistent set of income. And that is through owning, buy and hold rental properties that make you money every single month. And that is it for today. Go ahead and get my free real estate investing course. Text the word rental to 33777, R-E-N-T-A-L to 33777. 33777- You can also join my Real Estate Wealth Builders group coaching, get all my courses. All right, guys, we'll see you in the next show. See ya.